0: Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast for two lifelong friends and super fans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. We have a really fun episode coming up on our Patreon for patrons at the $5 level. We will be posting a special bonus mailbag episode in July, so we really would love you to message us about absolutely anything. It can do with One Tree Hill, of course, <laughs> Or anything else
1: that you wanna know. Don't ask us for any dating advice or anything. We're really bad at that. <laughs> well, Caitlin's good at it. I am really bad at that. I wouldn't say. say that. <laughs> I mean, you're the one like in a long- in a long term relationship, so like you're one for one there for me, so
0: <laughs> Well, dating advice, haven't done too much of that.
1: <laughs> I mean, that is true. I mean that's what happens it's what happens when you're with your high school sweetheart. <laughs> basically <laughs> i can tell you how to date badly anyway
0: <laughs> jeremy on, has some
1: stories <laughs> that's for sure that <laughs> i am not sharing i mean if you if you email us about anything who knows we'll see we'll see where things go from there anyway keep going caitlin tell everybody what what else can they t- talk to us about
0: I mean, you could ask us about like pop culture stuff, shows that we're watching, what we're reading, honestly, anything and everything, we're going to answer it. So just send us emails at alwaysothpod at gmail.com by June 30th, and like I said, that episode will be
1: posted in July. And while this episode will be posted to our patrons at the $5 level, we would also like to note that if we respond to your email in the episode... We will send you the full episode, regardless of whether you're a patron. So you can get it entirely free of charge if you send us an email. So send us an email. You have absolutely nothing to lose from there. Yeah, it should be a fun episode. Absolutely. But let's get into this week's episode, because this week we are discussing Over the Hills and Far Away, the 21st episode of Season 3, which was written by the show's creator and showrunner, directed by Thomas J. Wright and originally aired on the WB on April 26, 2006.
0: Always and Forever is spoiler-free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully
1: spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe.
0: Everyone is gearing up for Haley and Nathan's wedding day.
1: Brooke makes Haley a wedding dress that she doesn't like, which prompts an argument.
0: Later on, Haley apologizes, but Brooke surprises Haley with a brand new wedding dress that is absolutely gorgeous.
1: Lucas and Karen return to Tree Hill from visiting college. Lucas tells Karen that he would like to go to UNC to study literature, but only if they can afford it.
0: Surprisingly, Karen tells Lucas that Keith saved a college fund for him, so he's able to use that money if he wants it.
1: Peyton also returns to Tree Hill and has a lot to think about from her visit with Jay.
0: After she proposed to Jake, they contemplated their future together.
1: That night, though, Jake heard Peyton talk in her sleep and say, I love you, but it was to Lucas. Jake asked her to confront her true feelings.
0: They both decided that if they are meant to be together, then someday they will find their way back to each
1: other. In other news, Rachel keeps trying to contact Cooper with no luck. She becomes so frustrated that she punches a dress in her mirror, and Brooke happens to see it.
0: Later at Nellie's party, Brooke checks in with Rachel to see if she's okay, because she knows how heartbreak feels.
1: When Peyton's car breaks down, Nathan goes to pick her up and runs into Marcus, who is the tow truck driver.
0: Marcus tells Nathan that it was too difficult for him to walk the halls after the school shooting, so he dropped out of school and is now working full-time.
1: At Naley's party, Brooke surprises them with skits that tell their love story.
0: After many awkward skits, (laughs) the final one is supposed to be Peyton and Mouth's turn, but Mouth is sick so Lucas has to fill in at the last minute.
1: Lucas and Peyton have to say I love you to each other, which makes Peyton emotional and reflect back on her time with Lucas.
0: After the party, Peyton tells Brooke that she has feelings for Lucas.
1: And Haley invites Dan to the wedding.
0: Sewing a new wedding dress in less than 24 hours, I'm Caitlin Illinich.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad we're getting right into that off jump here. Yep. <laughs> and playing in my rehearsal party, rehearsal, rehearsal party, right? That is what we're calling us in this episode, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, playing in my rehearsal party, Nelly style. I am Jeremy Rodriguez. Yeah. This they call this a rehearsal party, but there's not a lot of rehearsaling going on here. There's also a lot of people there. <laughs> like
0: usually a rehearsal dinner is usually I don't know.
1: Not like a huge thing, but it could be. I don't know. I went to a rehearsal party with like maybe 50 people were there. Is, I mean, is that, is that normal? I don't know. It might be. I've probably been to some around that. But if, 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 if I feel like it normally would just be the people who are in the wedding, right? And like, then would, extended would be... family,
0: not just like everyone's yeah. friends. That's not usually the case.
1: Yeah. And as far as we know, I don't think all these people are in the wedded, like, you yep. know, like <laughs> Junk and Fergie, I don't think are. Are they even in the ep- the, the wedded episode? I don't So I don't know. <laughs> That's something we'll have to keep a lie out for? Like, are they there? Hello? <laughs> Isn't it interesting that
0: Junk and Fergie were in this episode, but Mouth and Skills were not?
1: Yes, because because uh, they were both sick with the flu, and uh-huh. yet for some reason, Mouth is able to go to the wedding, which takes place the very next day in the next episode. <laughs> yep, I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh my god! Which do you want to do? You want to pick out the the plot hole actually that she texted me about earlier, though?
0: Yeah. So at some point in this episode, Brooke's giving a speech on stage, and she says that the wedding's in a couple days, but. As you'll see when you watch the next episode, it takes place the following day. How did they not know that from this episode to the next one that it was just going to be like one day to the next?
1: It just did the writers room talk to each other. I mean, where's the continuity person? Isn't
0: there always one in the writers room, like that keeps track of that kind of stuff?
1: I don't know wild just so wild (laughs) (laughs) but i uh so i actually you know to keep more track of time has no meaning in tree hill i wrote down all the events that happened in this episode from brooke's perspective because as you pointed out in your intro like you know oh so a new wedding dress less than 24 hours let's talk about brooke's day for a second okay So, Brooke is in Nathan Haley's apartment, and Haley comes in, just as Brooke is finishing the original wedding dress, okay, she's finishing it, then Brooke finishes it, Haley tries it on, and then later, not in the same scene, but later on, maybe, like, another hour, maybe another two hours or something, Haley gives feedback to Brooke about the dress, (laughs) and that's what because, you know, Brooke is saying, like, let's add feathers and stuff like that. And then, you know, they get into the argument. Then Brooke visits Peyton. They go shopping together. She runs into Rachel at the store. Somehow has enough time to cover for Rachel that, like, oh, that mirror didn't break. That wasn't her fault. And then Brooke and Haley apologize to each other. And then, also, Brooke is setting up for the rehearsal party. Somehow she has time to go home, get changed, style her hair... Then she goes to the rehearsal party, puts the whole event together, and somehow Brooke has a whole new wedding dress with all that going on in the span of, like, what, 12 hours if we're being generous?
0: And honestly, like, before this episode, Brooke has designed much more simple things. A wedding gown? (laughs) Two wedding gowns? (laughs) To create a whole new gown? I mean, that's weeks,
1: if not months. Anyway, <laughs> time has no meaning in Tree Hill. We are a broken record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times we have to say that, but it is true. But anyway, this episode is titled after the Led Zeppelin song, Over the Hills and Far Away. And honestly, the lyrics are pretty straightforward to me. I think it's it's a breakup song, and it's about reminiscent on the past, which this episode has a lot of. Wouldn't you agree?
0: I was going to say the same thing. It's like... The song's about love and reflecting on that. And you can connect that to so many different things in this episode. Like, obviously, Peyton. She is reflecting on, like, her love with Jake, her love with Lucas. What does she want? Like, she's totally conflicted and thinking about that. We have Rachel, who is heartbroken from Cooper's breakup. I mean, like, there's just so many things. It's all about love. Because uh-huh. the whole episode is central to Nathan and Haley about... To get married as well. And the whole fairy tale aspect that Jake is narrating. So yeah, pretty straightforward to me.
1: Yeah. I guess we could just get into the actual episode itself. Let's then. do it. <laughs> that was a quick discussion. I love <laughs> so, it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Rapid fire. I'm loving it here. Alright. So let's talk about Haley's dress and go back to that for a second and all the conversations that ensue. I I don't know why Brooke ever designed that original dress like that.
0: Like what? Apparently there was a picture that I guess Haley had given Brooke. And this was not like the picture. She wanted something simple. Does a collar on a wedding dress scream (laughs) Haley? Like in Brooke's (laughs) mind, what was she thinking? And then feathers? (laughs) Like she was potentially going to add feathers onto that dress? (laughs)
1: I am questioning Brooke as like a fashion designer right now (laughs) really Now this show is very anti-feather and I will be vocal against that because I love good feathers in an outfit but for a wedding dress and for Hailey's wedding dress specifically (laughs) it is a little bit much it truly is if she took that collar off the dress and maybe like
0: reworked the top of it like the original one it would have been pretty yeah. decent. It was very simple. It could have been okay.
1: But still, all it was like without without the collar though. Like alls it was was just like a typical like gown. It, it looks like a nightgown. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know it was very simple,
1: but it, it would have been better without the
0: collar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For real. And uh, I love how like they, they put she puts the veil on Haley, and then Brooke is like, "Get it, halo." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Haley's face during all of this is just, like, horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooke is like, wow, you're speechless. <laughs> like, not in a good way whatsoever. The comedy between these two is just so good. Because then their fight later was even hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, these two have such good chemistry. And there's just a very subtle nod to this, but... Nathan mentions that Brooke is Haley's maid of honor, which I think this is the episode where that's officially revealed. So I think that's a good like uh, trajectory for the relationship between Brooke and Haley. And it shows that the fact that they, they fight because they're friends, but you know what? At the end of the day, they still love each other, and they do come together by the end of this episode and apologize to each other. Which, honestly, I feel like... Did Haley really need to apologize? Haley, I don't think was mean to Brooke.
0: Yeah, I I don't really understand that argument because Haley like delicately brought it up that she wanted a simple dress and it, she wanted it something more similar to the picture, and then Brooke just freaked out and was offended by it, and then they they were talking about giving each other
1: insults about slut barn. <laughs> Yes. Which was so funny. (laughs) Yeah, Brooke says, instead of of, uh, getting a wedding dress by me, why don't you get a slot barn? (laughs) And then Haley's like, well, "Well, you would know. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So they both
0: storm off. And then, yeah, why did Haley really have to apologize? I don't. I feel like Brooke freaking out. She should have apologized. But I guess like her making a new dress in the end. Like was her apology, I guess. Yeah,
1: bro, you mean Brooke was? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I, I mean, they both apologized to each other verbally. Yeah, but I definitely think Brooke is the one who needs to apologize more. Less so, Haley. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, Haley gave a simple. I, I mean, Grant said, "Like, this is why it's complicated to ask your friends to do things." I think because I imagine like Brooke was making this dress for free. And there's just so many, like, you know, delicate lines you have to cross when it comes to shit like this. I know. So. Like, have you ever had to do something like this, where you, like, had to ask a friend to do something, but then you had to give them a critique, but you felt bad because they were doing it for free?
0: I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's been a situation.
1: (laughs) Listeners, let us know if you've ever had an experience like this, and we can talk about it in our mailbag episode. (laughs) Oh, Good subtle plug there. But Yes. The whole thing was odd, but I'm glad they made up in the end, and I like the little subtle details of Brooke uh, recording them (laughs) throughout the episode. Yeah, I like that too. Which, I gotta say, a rehearsal party like this, I want this. If I ever do get married, <laughs> you want people to act out skits? <laughs> yes, and you are going to be there, and you are going to be acting out. You're going to be acting out as me, Caitlin. For the record, uh, uh, I love it. <laughs> just, just an FYI.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to learn to talk really fast.
1: Does this work? Can I? I got to really talk really fast. <laughs> Knock it off, okay. <laughs> you'll I be love like oh my god, i love you so much <laughs> you know i love you <laughs> talking about talking to my future significant other like oh my god i love you so much oh my god do you want to get married <laughs> totally how i talk oh Anywho. my god uh shall we get to talking about what happens with rachel
0: yeah this is wow the storyline i feel bad for her because she's so young and she doesn't like fully get it and she's in love or she thinks she's in love and she's not getting a response back. This is, like, a different side of Rachel that we've seen. She's always like, I don't need anyone, you know? She'll play around with people and do what she wants, and she never has seemed like she needed someone, like she needs Cooper.
1: Mm-hmm. Even later on, like, when she punches the dress in her mirror, she says, I-, I need him to like me. Yeah. And it's just really sad. And I really like how Daniel Ackles like portrays that because I feel like if there was like a lesser actress playing it that you would make it look like a fatal attraction type deal. But I never felt that with Daniel's performance here. There's a
0: vulnerability that I like to see in her. Even though like I feel bad for her because she's she's so desperate. Like the whole episode, she's just so desperate to hear from Cooper and she like she goes to Deb. And Deb's like, all of this was a mistake. You're not going to be able to contact Cooper anymore. And then she talks to Brooke. It was interesting, like, Brooke saw her smash her hand or hurt her and then ended up seeing that it was Rachel. And she checks in with her towards the end of the episode when they're at the party to see if she's okay in that moment. But then I think she gets into the car towards the end, too, right? And she is still trying to call Cooper.
1: Yeah, she does. So it just shows that it's all, you know, just because she got invited to the party and like things are good between her and Brooke now. Know. She still is in a lot of pain. And, and I really like how she and Brooke come together in this episode because Brooke says she's sorry because she knows what it's like to have her heart broken and she wouldn't even wish it on her worst enemy.
0: Yeah, And
1: that's a very mature side of Brooke right here.
0: These two have always been at odds, so it's nice to see, like, they were actually communicating in this episode <laughs> and seem to care mm-hmm. about each other in a different way than we've seen. So I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. It was a good, like, women-supported-women thing here. Um, I mean, can we go back a little bit to talk about that conversation between Rachel and Zeb, though? Because that conversation bothered me a lot, <laughs> and I didn't realize it bothered me until this watch.
0: Oh, really? What bothered you about it?
1: So, for one thing, like, like, Deb's in her mid-30s, and, you know, like, we're a little bit younger than that. Could you imagine, like, at the age we are now, talking to a 17-year-old like that? Like, yes, I get it, Rachel did lie about her age. And and I feel like Deb was being blunt. I, like, I get it. I feel like you have to be blunt in order to just, get like, get the point across. You know, but I feel like all she had to do was just say, like, hey, um, this isn't going to work out. And I actually have the quote written down that Deb said. Deb said, I know that must hurt, but you have to know this isn't going to work out. I feel like it should have ended right there, but then she follows up by saying, if it did, you wouldn't have lied in the first place. Like, it's okay to be blunt and straightforward with her, but she's also a literal child. Don't blame her for lying. Just make it clear that it's over without making Rachel into the villain here.
0: Yeah. I guess Deb is in, like, a tough position because this is her brother. It's an awkward situation. It's tough to blame Rachel because, yeah, she's 17 or whatever and wasn't thinking like an adult.
1: Mm-hmm. It's made it a little bit easier knowing that Daniil was like 27 when she was filming this and Michael Truco is like 35. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, that age range is like okay. But if we're talking about like the characters that they're playing, like Cooper is barely 30, and again, Rachel is 17 it just really bothers me. I'm like, don't talk to children like this, please. Yeah. And I'm not saying it was okay for Rachel to lie, but, you know, there's there's some complicated feelings I have about that. I see that.
0: I do. I think it's just an awkward situation all around. Honestly.
1: But, speaking of awkward situations all around, so we want to talk about what happens with Dan here.
0: Yeah, those scenes with Haley in this episode were interesting. Like, the one where he's outside of Outside of the cafe, he's just, like, stalking, basically.
1: I love that you're laughing. Like, he's stalking. (laughs) Well,
0: I was trying to figure out, like, really, what was he doing? He wanted to talk to Haley, but he couldn't approach her? I don't think he has a restraining order order against Haley. It's Or Haley doesn't have a restraining order against him. It's Nathan and Deb.
1: Right, yeah. Even though I feel like... I, I don't know. I know restraining orders are complicated, but I feel like Haley probably should be a part of that, because yeah. it, who knows? Especially if they think Dan's, like, dangerous. Like, who knows, like, what he could do to Haley. Yeah, I know. But, and, you know, Haley is the wife of the person yeah. of restraining orders again, so it's a weird thing. I like that in the uh, voiceovers that Jake delivers throughout the episode for each, like, act break, Dan is the equivalent to the evil king. hmm I noticed that, too. Because it says, now as the wedding day approached, the princess worried about the evil king, with Haley being the princess here, because although he had not always been this way, his heart had grown dark, and his kingdom had grown to fear and despise him.
0: Dan's really struggling. And I think Haley sees that, but like she said, in the moment she's like, I'm not buying this act that you're putting on here. It's really hard to believe Dan. Even when he seems like he's being genuine like he was asking about how nathan is after keith died and he just wanted to know basically how his son was doing it's but it's still hard to believe that coming from dan because he's never genuine there's always like a motive somewhere but i think i think i don't know it was like a subtle way that i guess joy played played this scene like you could tell that she was questioning him at the same time, was maybe wondering, like, is he changing?
1: I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, let's keep this in mind, too. Haley has no idea that Dan shot Keith, either. <laughs> so Yeah, which
0: makes it even,
1: like, it's so weird for the audience, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like Dan isn't trying to make excuses for the things he did. And we, we actually had, like, a little discussion about this in our in our Discord server about this, too, like, the whole thing about, like, Dan, like, trying to redeem himself. Like, it is complicated, but I don't think the show is trying to say, like, hey, we should forgive Dan for what he did. But I do think the show is trying to say, like, hey, but he is trying to, like, be better than what he did before. Would you agree with that?
0: They're definitely exploring a more vulnerable side to Dan. So, yeah, I would agree with that.
1: But one of the things that really, I think, inspires uh, Haley to give Dan a second chance, and she ends up inviting Dan to the wedding at the end of the episode, is when she sees Marcus, the uh, the kind of jerk asshole guy from the Tudor Center in uh, 316. And yeah, so we get to see how this guy has been changing steadily. So Peyton's car breaks down, she calls the the tow truck company, and then it is Marcus, who picks her up. Or not picks her up, but, like, toes the car away. And they get into some conversations about the tutor Center, like, what happened there. Like, he asks Peyton how her leg is doing, and Peyton had no idea that he was at the school during that day. And Nathan ends up showing up. Marcus explains that the tutor Center really screwed him up that day. Um, and he wishes he could talk to Jimmy and his past self to just be a better person.
0: Yeah, I kind of like how they played that. Like, he was, he's been, it's clear he's been, like, reflecting on his past actions and how he, he was as a person, like, before the school shooting. So, I find it interesting that the writers are exploring, they're still exploring the school shooting and, like, the after effects by using Marcus's character. It's a good follow-up. I'm going to be honest, though, I wish this storyline was fleshed out more
1: yeah because spoiler not spoiler we never see marcus again after this yeah and i was looking into marcus coloma's like schedule and whatnot like i think he could have came back like they could have like came up with a storyline for him uh prior like he was like around the same time he was on the show uh south beach which was on the upn during this time but that show was canceled after one season and did not make it to the wb upn merger which became the cw for the fall and fall season.
0: Yeah, so I think it, it is a little random. Like, I know that ultimately this is what led Haley to ask, to see, like, someone changing and she's now, like, wondering if Dan can change. She wants to give him a second chance and that's why she asks him to the wedding. I understand the Marcus storyline is kind of, like, propelling that whole Haley and Dan thing. But it is it is a little random in this episode, which is all about love. Like Pey- right. Peyton with Jake and Lucas, and then Haley and Nathan. It's like that's the whole central aspect of this entire episode. So
1: it does feel oddly placed to me. I can say that for sure. But he is kind of like the motivation, I guess. But yeah. But it is it, it, just kind of sad, though, how, like, you know, we see, like, you know, so many lives were affected that day. And, you know, we see that happening here, but it is a shame that we don't get to see him get more fleshed out, you know?
0: Yeah, because, like, even Haley offers to tutor him, but we never Mm -hmm. get a follow-up of if that ever happened.
1: And does he get invited to the wedding as well?
0: I know, but we don't see him at the weddings. You don't see him, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, the the wedding's big, there's a lot of people there, so you don't see, you know, there's going to be people you're not going to see, most likely, but it definitely is a very odd choice, but... It is. By marcus it's a shame though like i enjoy this actor i enjoy his performance i think there's a lot of nuance to like you know what he brings to the table here and just like the drama queen said i think he would have been a really good felix yeah i agree with that that's <laughs> <laughs> funny that they said that <laughs> hardcore agree with that take like oh it's just such a shame that they found they you know they had to go with a lesser actor sorry not sorry
0: <laughs> they really threw threw some shade there that's for sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god so moving on just like lucas and karen are doing let's talk about lucas and karen (laughs) see that's all you have to do for a good transition Caitlin. (laughs) yep so they've been gone for what one episode (laughs) yes who knows how long that was you know we we, we don't know anything about time (laughs) and apparently they were on college visits during this time. Yes, they were. Because previously it was explained
0: that they were just, they got in the car and they were driving and really no destination. But now we get a little bit more information that they were visiting colleges. Because Karen asks Lucas, you know, did you like any of them? And she wants him to dream again. Because after all of the dark stuff that's been going on and losing Keith, I think that is a good message. Like, he should think about the future. Even though it's difficult still. It's important that he does that. And we get to hear Lucas, he shares what he's interested in. He wants to study literature at UNC.
1: Which he doesn't think is possible, because, you know, college is expensive. But then this is when Karen reveals that Keith started a college fund for Lucas. That's a nice surprise. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know how Keith was able to save up this much money over the course of 17 years, but go Keith! <laughs> yeah, that's that's really
0: nice of him. Mm-hmm. Just shows how much he cared about Lucas. Yes. So now that seems like that's a possibility for him. Because he he realizes, you know, that he's not going to get a scholarship for basketball anymore. Which is sad.
1: Also, I want to note that at the beginning of the storyline, Karen asked Lucas what was on his mind, and all he says is, Brooke. Yeah. So, Brooke is on his mind. That's great. It is. It's all side. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, God. I, I don't want to talk about this next point on our outline, Caitlin.
0: Yeah. It's kind of sad.
1: (laughs) This is the tough stuff. So, this episode is framed around Jake is narrating a fairy tale storybook. But then, it turns out, like, things between Jake and Peyton did not end like a fairy tale.
0: Yes, because the previous episode, it ends with a proposal. Peyton asks Jake to marry her. So we... This episode starts off when Peyton's driving in her car and her car suddenly stops working and she breaks down in like the same place that she broke down on the pilot. It's it looks like the same place or at least a similar place.
1: Oh, it could be, actually. I never even re- Yeah. It kinda of
0: looked a little different, but anyway, a similar But area. I wonder if that's
1: what we're supposed to, I wonder if that's what we're supposed to think, you know? Yeah.
0: Huh. So we know she's in Tree Hill again from yes. that. And then we start to get these flashbacks throughout the whole episode. They come back and forth. And for some reason, the writers of this show like to include these flashbacks at every finale or like the penultimate episode and the finale. <laughs> like remember, <laughs> season 1 they- finale they have the flashbacks. Season 2 finale or the the two, it was a two part thing. They had flashbacks.
1: And now here we are you're, and we're I was trying to remember season two. Yeah. Season two that it's not really like flashbacks, it just kept like jumping around time for whatever reason. But yeah, you still you're would right. consider it flashbacks
0: because some of it had to be some of it was current yeah, and it some is of it
1: happened. Yeah, it has a it has a flashback. But yeah, yeah that's I never even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. So I don't think strange. they do this in season four. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out when we cover season four. But I don't think they do this here.
0: No, I don't think they do. But it's interesting to me because I had never realized before that they did that at the end of each season.
1: Oh, boy. The things you discover when you talk about a show on a podcast. <laughs> yes,
0: it's really, <laughs> really true. Um. So, yeah, we get these flashbacks throughout the entire episode of Peyton and Jake but with the knowledge of she's home. So we know things didn't work out if she's home. And she seems upset, too. So the flashbacks basically pick up right after the proposal.
1: And things are, seem pretty hunky-dory between the two of them. Everything seems like it's fine. But then Peyton goes to sleep. I know. <laughs> she goes to sleep and apparently says, I love, I love you, Lucas. Which... Is that really enough? <laughs> I don't think it is. Thank you for saying that. I don't think it is. I
0: feel like you could say so many different things in your sleep.
1: Yeah. That you don't necessarily mean. And I, I just don't like how, like, Jake immediately, I guess I gotta remember, like, Jake is a teenager as well. And he doesn't necessarily have this emotional intelligence, but I feel like now, like now that I'm in my late twenties, um, <laughs> I feel like if I heard somebody say that, I don't. I, I think it would be something like, "Hey, like, let's talk about this. Let's unpack this because this might not be as black and white as I'm making it out to be."
0: Yeah, you know, Jake really jumps to a conclusion, but I kind of want to critique the writing of this. You know, please, because I I feel like. Would a character really jump to these conclusions like Jake did? Like, would a person really do that? The writing of this feels forced to me. It's like they wanted to end the previous episode with that proposal and you're like shocked. And then this episode, they quickly want Peyton to end things with Jake. That storyline is wrapped up and now we're shifting the focus to Lucas. It, It seems rushed to me.
1: I agree. Mm -hmm.
0: But I guess it has to do with the fact that we are moving into a season finale and like there has to be high drama.
1: (laughs) Right. And they start to like really like pick apart some of the things that that Peyton was saying. And the previous episode, she said, Haley has Nathan and Brooke has Lucas. And, you know, Jake like really critiques that. And then Peyton's like, "Listen, like I only said that because uh, Brooke and Haley are my best friends, and they spend a lot of time with their boyfriends." Okay. And then Jake also tries to say, "Like I understand, like your dad's ever around. You just want a family." And then Peyton's like, "No, I want this family." And Jake questions it. He's like, "Do you?" And I'm just like, "This. This is. I, I understand. This is very complicated." And Peyton may very much have feelings for lucas at this moment but i feel like you can feel like multiple things at the same time like why can't like peyton like get over like these feelings she has for lucas while also pursuing a relationship with jake
0: yeah and i get the impression that she does have feelings for jake still yeah like why would she be there in savannah if she didn't to some degree
1: yeah, it, it doesn't always have to be, like, either or. Like, yeah, she has complicated feelings. She may be thinking about Lucas, but you know what? Guess what? Feelings fade over time, you know? And, you know, once she's with Jake, like, you know, her and Jenny are, like, you know, have their little house in Savannah, like, Peyton could be happy and could move on and realize, like, you know what? Like, this this life I have is pretty great. Fuck that boy back in Tree Hill, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I hear that. I agree. And
0: also I understand how Jake might feel like that she is falling in love with the idea of a family because she hasn't had that in so long and the idea of a family versus like the actual reality of it well you you know it's how people like get married and have kids but like they do it all so quickly and it's not necessarily, like, they want the idea of a family and not necessarily, like, the
1: person that they married.
0: Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, they want, they want the idea of it. Yeah, I got that.
0: Like, people might but- rush into things because they they want that comfort, that stability, but is it true love or
1: what is true love? I <laughs> I mean, this just brings up so many questions. Yeah, I get that. And and you know, if you if you especially get into like, you know, Peyton's backgrounds, like, you know, she you know, she lost her mom at a very young age. Her father is never around. So I feel like she's seeking out like this family Ellie. unit. And Ellie, yes, as well. And the fact that like, okay, she could be she could be a wife that like, you know, her father never got to have. Yeah. And she also gets to be a mother that she never got to have, really, either. So, I guess I understand the parallels, but I I feel like, you know, I just don't think it's true, though, that she has absolutely no feelings for Jake. Yeah. And that she just, and that she's just moving on to Lucas. I just don't find that to be true. I
0: mean, you know I'm a latent shipper, but I still think she does have feelings for Jake in this moment. (laughs) Like, she wouldn't have gotten to Savannah. Like, what was the point of that, if there wasn't anything that was unresolved, you know? It's clear, I, I do believe she loves Jenny, I do believe she loves Jake, um, but also I think she very well may be in love with the idea of the family concept, you know, too.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: and those are kind of conflicting statements,
1: but it's But super you can com- feel multiple threads at the yeah. same time, as we always say. It's super
0: complicated.
1: <laughs> uh, and and also, too, like, I gotta paint a 17, but- this is one of those times where you really have to like interrogate yourself like do i actually have feelings for this friend here because i I feel like when i was younger and like honestly even as even as recent as my uh mid mid (laughs) 20s we'll we'll, we'll just say that um like i used to have like this like feeling in my mind like okay there's somebody that i have a really good connection with oh guess we have to date and that's not always the case. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like you should have a little bit of a crush on your friends, to be honest, because, like, that's why you're friends with that person, and it's okay, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic relationship. You could just have a crush on your friend, and it doesn't even have to be anything. You could just have it, it can exist, and then, you know, move on from there, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think, well, there's just, it's so complicated because... Of the whole school shooting and how we talked about, like, what is it called? The hero worship syndrome with with Lucas. Remember we talked about that? hmm I think there is definitely some of that going on because she, like, in that moment, like, she thought she was going to die. He was saving her. It was, like, this whole big emotional thing. They kissed. And those... Maybe that in itself, like, all the emotions surrounding that day, like, in general, like, triggered something in her again. Like, something that she can't really shake or maybe doesn't want to confront. She could have feelings for both people at the same time. That's totally possible. But it's like, was it enough of her having this quote-unquote dream where she says, I love you, Lucas? Was that really enough for Jake to question and put all this doubt and everything I do not think so could they have given it more of a chance because clearly Lucas is unavailable does Peyton want to destroy this friendship with Brooke yet again you know like because you know we end the episode where she tells Brooke so oh there's just so many different factors Jeremy I don't even know where I'm (laughs) going with what I'm saying it's just like this is my real time (laughs) thoughts thinking about how complicated this is (laughs) (laughs) and then there's also the fact that jake has to think of jenny in this whole situation that is another factor that makes this complicated (laughs) because like he has a daughter to think about his daughter is the priority and this is a complicated thing with peyton like does he it sounds like he he wants to really be sure he wants peyton to be sure and he wants to be sure before like they really were to explore this thing so th- that's kind of the impression that i got from their conversations too like he has to think of his daughter in this moment so if they basically this is the how they ended is that you know if they're meant to be together then they'll find their way back to each other
1: in the end yes he jake says he doesn't want her to go but her ta- her father told her to follow her heart so she should follow it home But then Peyton says, what if I'm wrong? What if my heart aches for you? And then he says, then I'll still be here. And if it's meant to be, we'll be together. Now... Let's just say real quickly that if Peyton had access to a therapist and she actually got some, like, you know, help from a mental health professional, I feel like this is something she would be able to unpack and like ask questions, like, "Is it okay to have feelings for somebody else while I'm like trying to move on with this guy?" And a therapist will be like, "Yes, yes, that is okay." I know this is another situation
0: where it would be perfect to see a therapy scene with Peyton, <laughs> like. Oh, man, if this show was written today, we would definitely be seeing that content. Oh, for real. It would be real. great. But, um, nope. Peyton, once again, is left to, like, figure all this shit out on her own. And I feel bad for her. I truly do. Like, it's, sup- I, it's super confusing because very- she clearly has feelings for two people. But the one person is unavailable, Lucas. And then Jake is also unavailable because he... He doesn't want to commit until she figures herself out.
1: It's so frustrating. It really, really is. But it makes for good TV drama. Oh, but can we talk about how, like, when Peyton's in her room and then Brooke comes in, sees Peyton visibly crying. And, you know, it's like one scene she's crying in her room. And then later, Brooke says, so you never told me how things ended up with Jake. And all Peyton says is that it's not how she wanted them to be. So, does Peyton just really not explain to Brooke, like, why she's crying in that initial scene? It just cuts between the two scenes. One second she's crying, and then they're shopping together.
0: (laughs) I thought that was so weird, too. I'm like, how are they standing in the same room, and Peyton wouldn't have explained herself?
1: (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry, but, like, if if you see a friend visibly crying, you're gonna, like, come up to them and be like, tell me, like, do you want to, like... Do you want to talk about this? Like, let's talk about this. Let's unpack this. You're clearly upset here. (laughs) You know? So wild.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, was there more to that scene and they just ended up cutting it for dramatic effect? And then they came back to it later? Or like, I don't...
1: I don't think they cut it at all. I just think they thought it was dramatic to cut it right here, honestly. I don't
0: get it. (laughs) I don't get it, Jeremy.
1: (laughs) But then later on, Brooke also tells Peyton that she's not as dependent on Lucas as she used to be. She says, her exact quote, I've realized since he's been gone that I'm not as dependent on him as I thought. You know, I have my clothing line, and I have my friends, and I have me, and I'm not such bad company. Who knew? I like that. I liked it too, but I feel like, you know, Peyton hearing this, I feel like this is what empowers her to confess something to Brooke later as well. True. Which probably isn't the best thing, because, again, Brooke could be experiencing th- you know, multiple things at the same time, too. She can, she can like having Lucas as a boyfriend, but hey, she's not dependent on him, and she's not like dependent on him for her own happiness, you know? But she can still be in a relationship, you know?
0: Yeah, she's not saying that she doesn't want to be with him. She just doesn't feel like she needs him so much, which really shows growth, actually. Uh-huh. I like it. All right. Are we ready for these awkward
1: skits? <laughs> I don't think they're... You wrote you've they were awkward in the script. I didn't think they were awkward.
0: <laughs> yes, they are. They're, like, written purposely awkward.
1: <laughs> so I have each skit, like, written down, like, not word for word, but, like, you know, just, like, a list of all of them so we can chat about each one as we go if you want to. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um, so the first one is Bevan skit with Fergie because Skills is not available. And I, I I, this this one joke is really odd to me. Uh Bevan says, I don't think anyone is going to buy him, mean Fergie, as Nathan because of you know, his hair. And I'm like, I don't know if this joke is progressive or racist. I can't tell. I know, I thought it was really weird too. <laughs> like, I didn't know what they were trying to say here, but I was just like, I feel odd here. Um, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> See, it's very awkward. <laughs> well that's not even in the skit. That's like leading up. I know, up to the I skit. know. <laughs> but anyway, uh they reenact the the scene with uh where Haley is tutoring Nathan and Bevan's like, oh I don't love you. And it's like, you know, you should not be like you should not be bullying Lucas, blah blah blah. And <laughs> Fergie just says damn that is one ugly ass poncho (laughs) i love that they had bevan wear the poncho like it's (laughs) so good (laughs) (laughs) and then he gives her the bracelet and he says don't say i never gave you no bling." (laughs) it was perfect yeah
0: they they make these scenes like they give it their own they make it their own (laughs) all of these scenes
1: which which I think is yeah, great yeah. because like again, like none of them are you know, none of them were there, but also I feel like it's fun to like make fun of the couple, so yeah. And that's what I'm saying. This is something that I totally want if I ever do get married. <laughs> like <Noted>. one thousand <laughs> one thousand percent. Okay, so the next scene is between Brooke and Lucas, with uh Brooke pretending to be Haley <laughs> and Lucas pretending to be Nathan. And then Brooke's like, you know, um uh, yeah, and you just collapse on the basketball court. So why don't you uh, spend the night and we can get a little freaky? And then she takes off her robe. She's wearing this like lingerie outfit, and she's like, "How about this?" And then Lucas is like, "Okay." <laughs> and then it flashes over to Haley and
0: Nathan, and Haley's like, "It did not go like this. This is
1: not what happened." <laughs> and Nathan's like, "Yes, yes, it did. Uh, 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 uh. It, it was just so adorable." <laughs> And then my personal favorite, the one between Deb and Junk, the scene from the season two premiere, where, where Deb's like, I just want to go home. I'm not a wife. Oh. I'm not even a senior. <laughs> I love that they had Deb in on these skits. Like, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And then Junk set, like, puts his arm around her and says, I'll always be there for you, Mrs. Scott, <laughs> uh, uh, Haley. <laughs> Because you can tell, like, they're trying to capitalize on, like, you know, Barbara Allen wants his MILF status here, oh, I think.
0: yeah.
1: I guess you're right. <laughs> because <laughs> Junk has a thing for, for Debbie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, always and forever. And then he leans in for a kiss, but they don't actually kiss because the curtain gets drawn. And then there's Nathan and Gigi, which there actually is a kiss here, and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that was so uncomfortable.
0: That they made this poor
1: actress, this little girl, basically, do this. Yeah. Also, like, the fact that, like, you know, just kissing somebody out of nowhere, too, that's the thing I was weirded out by, personally. That, too. (laughs) All of it. Uh, And she's like, oh, oh my God, I, I think I messed up. We better start all over. Yeah, it's weird. But I do like the part where like Haley says, you know, beckons to Nathan, she says, you get down here now. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then after that, we have the scene between Lucas and Brooke. They reenact the rain scene. You know, they're and the whole uh, uh, they're making up for the fact that Nathan watches porn. And <laughs> Lucas says, I know I'm a porn freak. <laughs> and Brooke is like, you know, Nathan, it's okay. I like my porn, too. I Haley myself from time to time. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. <laughs> and then he's like, Someday, I'm going to marry you, Haley James. Someday. <sighs> and, then we get to the, and then we get to the last skit. Between Peyton and oh Lucas. Oh my. With, oh my. Without the ugly wig. Oh <laughs> Yes, without the wig, you're right. (laughs) Well, because Mouth is sick, so... And it doesn't stop him from going to the actual wedding.
0: (laughs) So Lucas has to join in, and he doesn't even know what scene it is. And then Brooke, like, gives him the lines or whatever, and she walks away, and, like, Peyton says, you do know what this scene this is, right?
1: And then he looks, and he's like, oh... Which which scene is this supposed to be? To be honest, like I.
0: So on the stage at that moment, it said the proposal. So I think it was supposed to be like when they were laying in bed, and decided like to get married. Which I don't even know if we ever fully saw that in the show. Yeah. Did we? Like no, in we did season not. one, I don't think we ever did because like there were flashbacks once again. But I don't know if we ever because they kept it a secret. And that was the big reveal at the end of the episode, is that they got married. So we never really saw, like, the quote-unquote proposal, but that's what it said.
1: Well, we did, we did see the proposal. That's We did, and and that was in season two, Okay. when they flashback to yeah, it. Yeah, I guess you're uh, right. Matt, yeah, like, Haley takes off her shirt, and, you know, she gets on top of him. That's where it ends in season one. But then in season two, we see the whole scene, yeah. and that's when Nathan proposes, and says, like... You know, like, I could love you forever. Yeah. Why can't forever start today? So that happens in season True. two, but that's not what happens in the skit at all. So I'm, like, really confused about, like, what this skit is supposed to be reenacted here.
0: Well, like I said, on the stage it said the proposal, so I guess it's their version of it. Because it seems like Maybe. it's supposed to be dark, they're laying in bed, and they're saying I love you. So, I don't know. All of these are, like, different versions of what we originally saw anyway, so.
1: Yep. But then, or not, we see a flashback to JN initially, and then that's when, like you know, and Jake says, "Look inside your heart. Is Lucas still there? Then you should go and follow it." Blah blah blah. And,
0: and then, then
1: my flashback. favorite flashback of all time. Yes, I was I was getting ready to segue you in there, right there. Go ahead, and talk about <laughs> it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back. All right, so humor me here, my teenage
0: teenage Caitlin. Just just imagine teenage Caitlin <laughs> rewatching this over and over and over again on YouTube. <laughs> like on the DVDs themselves, but then later on just watching the YouTube reel of this flashback over and over and over. And like the score is that John <laughs> Nordstrom score. It's the same score as in the school shooting episode when they kiss. So that like builds the emotion. Oh man, I love this, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I, Jeremy's just looking
1: at me like I'm gonna go to sleep. I, I'm, I. I'm not going I, to sleep. I'm just like I'm giving you the stage right here. Like you know, t- 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 tell us more about it. Like what do we see? Oh, flashbacks oh I'm gonna of? get there.
0: <laughs> so in the actual scene that they're acting out, Lucas says, "I love you, Haley," or some version of that, and then. Peyton pauses and she doesn't say anything and that's when like we go to her her mind like she's having this flashback reel in her head of all of the scenes starting with everything's gonna be all right right when they're laying in bed together at the um sparkle classic when Peyton got tricked into bed with Lucas but she says everything gonna be all right Right. Then we flashed to the season one basketball, basketball uh, party at Dan's house, where they're looking at each other across the way. Then we flashed to the pilot where Peyton's car broke down. Then there's hugging scenes, kissing in the hotel when they cheated on Brooke. Then you see Lucas by Peyton's bed as she was like recovering from the drug when she was roofied. Then there was more kissing scenes. And then we have, you're always saving me, when they're in the library. And then the end, that season one scene, Peyton says, the truth is, I want all the same things that you want. I do. And I want them with you. That's like the kicker to me. I just love it so much, Jeremy. I can't even (laughs) describe my love for it. I think it's like, it's this attachment to like my teenage self. And loving this this
1: couple. Yeah, what do you think about the scene that like really like stands out to you? Like what like what makes you drawn to it? I
0: like how that ending that ending quote. Cause okay, okay. this gives me so much nostalgia for season one and I almost like wish things were different and we got to really see them together in season one. Cause they had like such a connection and then the whole thing with Brooke happened. And I feel like we never fully got to explore, like, them together. And I think that nostalgia for the beginning, when it was so clear that this couple, like, from the pilot, you know, they had this connection. And, you know, they have gone their separate ways at this point. And now, like, Peyton has kind of led back to, like, her fe- original feelings for for Lucas. So I know this is really like a complicated, it's a complicated episode for me because like we said before, I still think she does have feelings for Jake. I do feel like that storyline was inserted and it was a bit rushed and now we're like sped up to, you know, have these feelings, like she's certain of these feelings for Lucas. So I don't necessarily like how that progressed, but I have such an emotional soft spot for this flashback scene. So I had to just share my feelings.
1: I love this for you. <laughs> I really do. It's about to get
0: interesting. That's Yes it is. Sure. I love a good flashback scene though. I don't know what it is. I can't really even articulate why this one is so amazing, but I just love a good flashback scene. I think the score has a lot to do with it. I love the score.
1: Yeah. I would say I would say it's a fl- it's more of a montage, yeah. not to be like, well actually
0: Well it's a flashback <laughs> montage.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, whatever you want to call it.
0: It is flashbacks to all of these Yeah, yeah you are you
1: are correct. It's a it's like a clip show. I never I, I I never liked when shows use clips from old episodes. I don't know why that is.
0: There is a another one of these later in the series with a different couple.
1: Okay. I like too. Okay. I just I
0: forgot about it until now.
1: Put, put a pin in that for the spoiler yeah. segment, please. Because <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, definitely can't say. Okay. But... Well, let's get there faster. So we are now in the coda to the song Coffee and Cigarettes by Michelle Featherstone. And, and... It, is, it essentially gets kicked off with the skit where Peyton says, I love you too. And then there's Brooke. She looks confused backstage. And then the audience applauds.
0: And, like, this song is, like, seared into my memory because it starts, that piano music starts at the very end of the, the whole flashback sequence we just talked about. And that's when Peyton says, I love you. <laughs> so, like, this song is truly, like, forever in my head.
1: <laughs> you have the opening notes of coffee and yes. cigarettes by Michelle Featherstone, like, etched into your memory. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Dakota gets kicked off with uh, Jake's voiceover. And he's saying, once upon a time, in a kingdom far, far away, there lived a beautiful princess who loved a boy. And we're in Shrek during this, like, whole little scene right here. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the things that happened here. So, we see Rachel and Brooke have a conversation, which I think we basically talked about earlier. Although there is, like, a very subtle note, though. Um, Rachel's talking to Brooke, she says, his loss, right? She's talking about Cooper here, and she's trying to be strong, but then you notice there's a moment where Brooke looks over at Lucas as well. I think Brooke is kind of putting pieces together in her own minds and realize that, like, hey, this is Lucas's loss, too. It's just something I feel like she's silently unpacking right now. Like, this parallel she has with Rachel. I think she's realizing that things are changing. And I'll leave it yeah, at that. I
0: guess that's the best way to put it. Um, we also get another scene with Marcus... Nathan and Haley, and Marcus says something really interesting. He's like, you know, it's not that easy to change who you are, but it helps when people let you try, which is mm-hmm. puts a little seed in Haley's mind about Dan.
1: Yeah, and that's what she leaves and says. There's something I'd like to do, yeah. and then she leaves the party, and then we go to Rachel's car. And we see her continuing to call Cooper, and her calls are continuing to go unanswered. And she's crying. So we get to see this very vulnerable side. And then we get another little voiceover from Jake. Would you like to do your best Jake Jigalski impression?
0: Sure. But the people have their struggles. All people do. And they had grown to fear and despise the king, whose heart had turned dark.
1: Now we're at Dance Beach House. And then this is when Haley invites Dan to the lot
0: And I actually want to read um, a quote. It, I'm just going to... We're about to get there anyway. This is my favorite quote. Okay, cool. What Haley says to Dan. I've always loved this scene for some reason. Okay. I love it. I love the delivery of, of it. So Haley says to Dan, So the last time I stood in a doorway giving someone the benefit of the doubt, when my instincts were screaming at me not to, it was for Nathan. And this time, well... It's still for Nathan. We would like you to come to the wedding, but God help you if you don't change. It was just a good moment. It's a throwback to the whole when she started to tutor Nathan and was giving him the benefit of the doubt
1: and wanted to help him in season one. Mm -hmm. So. I still hope she talked to Nathan about inviting him to the wedding. (laughs) I hope this is like surprise. Yeah, I know,
0: right? (laughs) That is that should have been a conversation.
1: (laughs) And I hope it happened off screen. Like she t- talked to Nathan privately. Like, hey, would you be okay with your father coming? I think he would like to come. I'll go invite him. So you don't mm-hmm. have to. <laughs> but ugh, weird.
0: <laughs> but overall, it was a good moment though, because like it was. she was kind of recognizing maybe there is a change here, and this is an important day. Like we want you to be there to at least give you a, a chance. Not that he necessarily deserves it, but I don't know. I thought it was just like a nice, real moment.
1: Yeah. But why does Haley have to go through this like trajectory with Dan now? Like, what, wouldn't it have been more impactful if it was Dan? Or what? Uh, sorry. Wouldn't it have been more impactful if it was Nathan who was doing this? I know. Because when you think about it, like, Haley already has enough going on with, like, you know, the wedding dress and everything, like, everything going on with that story, so why can't Nathan have this realization by, like, thinking, like, oh, look at this, like, Marcus is changing, so maybe my dad can change too, like, why can't he go through that journey, you know? Yeah,
0: you're right, because Nathan doesn't really have a lot of storylines in this episode. Like, he has the thing with picking up Peyton and, and seeing Marcus, and then there's scenes with Haley, but... There isn't anything major. Yeah, it would have made more sense. Yeah,
1: Right. So it's definitely odd. Like, I, I like the fact that, like, Haley is extended an Olive Branch. Or maybe it's just because the, with the restrained Order, Haley is the only one who literally can see Dan because, you know, Deb and Nathan always have to be 100 feet away from him, so they haven't seen him in a while. But it still is an odd framing device, I think. Indeed it is anyway let's go back to trick this is when lucas is saying goodbye to the boys and it's such like a straight like straight boy like bonding moment like you know holding the hand and then just giving each other a hug i'm like well, why do straight boys do this like i don't get it like just give like a
0: full-blown hug yeah what <laughs> is know? yeah the hand thing first i don't know
1: <laughs> it's so stupid i so i have this like one straight guy friend who i only see like once every like once a year, maybe once every two years, sometimes. I do this thing where, like, you know, whenever he holds out his hand to me, I, like, you know, whip out my middle finger and I tickle his palm. <laughs> and he never expects it. And he always says, Oh, you got me again. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: But anyway, <laughs> that's a little side tangent. So Lucas tells Karen it's uh good to be home. And then he looks over at Brooke, who is laughing with friends, as, like, they're putting away stuff from the rehearsal dinner. And then this is when we get Jake's voiceover. But in the end, the love between the princess and the boy was undeniable and true.
0: And that's when we go to Nellie's apartment. They walk into their room. You hear a Jake voiceover. And over time, that love would see them through anything. And somehow they walk (laughs) in the door of their bedroom but walk past the gown that is on the mannequin. Is it the light off? It is, but it's like right in front of the door, so I don't understand how you wouldn't be knock, knock into it as you're walking to the bed. But they land on the bed, they turn on the light, and they're like, where is our comforter? And they look over, and that's when Haley sees her, her new dress that Brooke made.
1: Yeah. So wait. Because I I just rewatched this, actually, like it's actually the bedspread, not the comforter. That is my fault. I wrote that here with comforter. (laughs) So, have we established is like the wedding dress fabric made from? Is it the sheet? Is it the fitted sheet? Or is I mean the the bedspread
0: or the comforter? Isn't it all really the same thing? It's like the thicker blanket that goes on top of the sheet. Yeah, it has to be because it's a gown
1: material. Okay, I still don't understand how that can be comfortable. (laughs) I don't know. I don't get it, but. Anywho, but yeah, Brooke made that somehow, and she found time to do that at some point in the day. Good for her. I really wonder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then we hear another Jake voiceover, and we see storybook pages at the same time. Magical things happen to them. Things they couldn't explain, much like love itself. And like most fairy tales, the princess and the boy lived happily ever after. And that's when we're back at where Jake lives. And he closes the storybook that he was reading to Jenny and says, at least I hope they do.
1: Who do you think he's talking about here? Do you think he's talking about him and Peyton? Or is he talking about like wishing well for Lucas and Peyton if things go in that direction?
0: That's a good question. I was wondering the same thing. Like, it seems like it's hopeful to think that or maybe it's just it's just hope that people end up with who they're supposed to be with thing
1: maybe but let's go to trick do you want to do a dramatic uh god (laughs) dramatic reading of this do you want to be peyton (laughs) okay so we're back at trick and peyton is sitting backstage and Brooke joins her all right i'm Brooke now way to go with the tears piece sawyer you brought the house down Brooke, i think i still have feelings for lucas you mean you care for him as a friend?s
0: No. I mean more than that.
1: <laughs> Way to end an episode. Woo. This, and you can see, like, you know, Sophia's face act in mm-hmm. Like, she's asking, you mean you care for him as a friend? Like, you know she knows. Yeah. Like, she knows what Peyton really means, but she just wanted to hear yes. Some, something to the contrary to make herself feel better and it is very very heartbreaking Ugh. oh what
0: is to come we cannot say anything more so let's go to our top favorite moments
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I already shared my favorite quote so what's yours Jeremy so uh, I wanted to give an honorable mention to when Bevan very cutely walks backstage and she says Nailie's here <laughs> <laughs> um but oh i actually said this i actually said that my uh actual favorite quote already though it's what it's what brooke says to Peyton. i've realized since he's been gone that i'm not as dependent on him as i thought you know i have my clothing line and i have my friends and i have me and i'm not such bad company who knew i just think that's a nice empowering message oh it definitely is that's a good one what's your favorite musical moments so
0: i love the coda it is just so emotional. It's coffee and cigarettes by Michelle Featherstone, and oh, it is so. It's like almost somber,
1: <laughs> though. Like I'm surprised you didn't go for John Nordstrom's like you know musical moment with the flashback scenes.
0: You know, I wasn't even thinking that I could choose that.
1: <laughs> Are you gonna change it midway through now?
0: Well, then of course it's the John Nordstrom <laughs> score. I think it's saving Peyton. <laughs> oh i guess i can do that i can choose the score i mean we did it for the whole we did it for 316 why not i don't know i was just thinking like taking it literally like we choose our musical moment but yes (laughs) okay then i change mine but i I still really do like the cool but yeah the flashback scene is like the total highlight for me um i
1: fail you i fail you what about
0: you what's your favorite (laughs) musical moment
1: I liked "Middle of Nowhere" by Hot Hot Heats, which plays at the beginning of the rehearsal party thing. That's like
0: the upbeat song, right? And yeah, it was yeah. Fun.
1: It's I don't know. It just has like a nice, like high energy to it. That's how you know, like, hey, we're we're going to a party now. And I don't know. It just feels really good. This is also on the One Tree Hill soundtrack, Volume Two, Friends of Benefit, and it's not my favorite song on the soundtrack, but it was like. One that was in my rotation when I was listening to the soundtrack over and over again as a teenager. That's definitely an
0: honorable mention for me. I really like that moment, too.
1: Yes. What would you say is your score for this episode, though?
0: I'm going to go with four out of five wedding dresses with
1: feathers. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: so you're pro-feather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. For this moment, I am.
1: Hell yeah. Um,
0: yeah, this episode's interesting, but overall... Overall, I like this episode. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think there's it, it poses interesting questions about different relationships. Um, the skits, while awkward, were still funny. And the storybook aspect of it I thought was interesting, too. And I like that Jake was the one who was like narrating that throughout the episode. We're also about to get into some good drama, I can tell. So I think it's a good lead up to the finale. So that's why I'm going to go with a four. What about you?
1: Cool. I initially gave this episode a three, just because there were a lot of like weak story points that we, I feel like we've already yeah. kind of unpacked throughout our discussion. But then the skits happens, and they made me laugh <laughs> and made me smile. So I ended up raising it to four out of five crushes that you should have on your friends that don't necessarily need to be attached to romantic <laughs> feelings. <laughs> That's a long one, but
0: cool. It, it's overall. Like, yes, there's some serious stuff, but, like, the skits make it a fun episode.
1: Absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of high drama happening, and I remember, like, when this episode ended, I was, you know, back in 2006, I was so pumped for the finale. Because I'm like, what is going to happen here?
0: And, I mean, at this point, I have been watching the show live, or in real time, (laughs) several episodes.
1: Yeah, this is your fourth episode. And
0: I distinctly remember watching that finale. Distinctly (laughs) remember that. So, yeah, pretty cool. I'm glad that we're
1: at the point where, like, (laughs) I know I was watching live and in the moment. (laughs) It's like, I was there May 3rd, 2006. Because, yes, I do know the exact air (laughs) date of the season finale. But I'm excited to talk about this motherfucking finale. We're at the end of season three. Caitlin. I can't believe
0: we have one episode left, Jeremy. And it's. Oh, man. Oh, man. I have no words,
1: really. A doozy.
0: <laughs> Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod
1: at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. And I'm Caitlin Elinich, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You
0: can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server, where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com alwaysothpod for more information.
1: Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya.
0: Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers.
1: I love how, like, when we transition to the spoiler segment now, like, listeners, just to give you, like, some behind-the-scenes, like, that little canned, like, outro, like, that's the same thing, and we just plug it in every week, but... Every time when Caitlyn says, welcome to the spoiler segment, we don't really talk about it. Caitlyn just starts. <laughs> like, we just, we, like, she just knows, like, when, like, okay, the conversation ended. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. Like, she's like an old pro at this now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know when we're, like, done and it's, like, a good ending point for the music to start playing as we're finishing up.
1: <laughs> you just imagine it. You're like, dun, yep. dun, dun. or however outro sounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so before I forget, oh. let me mention the thing that yes, I couldn't say before couple. about the flashback scene. So yeah. I believe, oh, now I have to think about the season. Haley's mom died in what season? Was that seven? Yes. Okay. And she goes through that dis- depression spiral. I remember mm-hmm. she jumps into the pool. Mm-hmm. When she jumps into the pool, she has this whole flashback scene of her life, basically. A lot of it's Nathan. Do you remember oh, this?
1: Oh, I have a vague memory of it. Did they show clips of the show?
0: Yeah, they, they do a similar thing like okay. they did with the Lucas and Peyton thing in this episode. Okay. Yeah. So they run through, and it's like that Mumford and Son song, I believe. I haven't watched it in, like, years, so I'd have to go back and look yeah. at a clip, but that was also a really good montage. I feel like that was the season seven finale. I think that's how it opened. It might I think have been, that's how it opened. actually,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the beginning of the episode. And then, yep. you know, Haley starts to get help. And yes. by the end of the episode, she's not okay, but she's doing yeah, better yeah. at the very least. It's coming back
0: to me now. But, I mean, listeners, if I describe that wrong, like, feel free to correct me. But from my memory, because I have not seen season the end of Season 7 or any of Season 7 at all in a very long time... Mm-hmm. That's how I remember it. But I I liked that montage.
1: Yeah. That was good. I I feel like that's appropriate for season seven. I feel like I don't like clip shows when they're introduced so early in the series. Like season three? Come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well.
1: But But how else do you put it across that, like, you know, Peyton is thinking about her past with Lucas? I don't know. Yeah,
0: I feel like you needed it in that moment, for sure. Yeah. Because she hesitated in that moment. When she had to respond and say, I love you, but like adding the flashback kind of gave more depth to like what she was feeling, at least informed Mm -hmm. viewers of what she was going through, which is the lead into, you know, her confessing that she has feelings for Lucas to Brooke.
1: And then we get to the motherfucking finale.
0: (sighs) (laughs) I remember watching this live and just jaw dropped. At the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. Just jaw on the floor. (laughs) I mean, stunned. I mean, immediately hooked. I feel like when we started this podcast, that was one of the things that I said, like, the season three finale is what hooked me into the show. (laughs) It it wasn't any, like, I watched only a few episodes before it was the season three finale. And that is what was like, how could you not watch after that? Come
1: on. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you remember correctly, I don't know if this is not great in your memory, but it will be forever in graded minds. Um, during this era, like, you know, One Hill was airing on the WB, and then it moved to the CW in uh, that fall for season mm-hmm. four. But at this point, when this finale aired, we had no idea if the show was going to come back for season four. Because there were a lot of shows that were axed, like, during the 2005-2006 television season. And Thankfully, One Tree Hill was not one of them, but there was, like, a lot of fear. We're like, oh my god, could you imagine if this is the series finale right here? And keep in mind, this is back in the day, like, before shows would, like, because y- y- nowadays they're like, oh no, that's the final season, that's okay, we'll wrap it up with, like, a two-hour movie or something like that. Like, that that was not a reality for TV shows at this point in time, kids. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, that's wild to
0: think. I mean, I'm sure I was aware of it from you, but, like, I was such a new watcher of the show, like... I don't know if I was hyper aware of it, but I'm, I'm guarantee you told me, <laughs> but I guess that was all the more reason why they had to like pull out all the stops for this episode because like, come on now, that, that shows the network. Like we have a lot to, of story to tell. You can't end with this shocker.
1: And I remember them saying that too. They said like, you know, they wanted to take a risk with this finale and, you know, show like the network, like, Hey, you should pick yes. us up. Because the fans are going to be very vocal. Because, like, if they made it to like, a, you know, a, a really rushed finale, like, who knows what could have happened at that point. You know, they could have just not picked it up. Yeah. But they decided to say, hey, let's add all the cliffhanger. Let's make them want us. And the fans wanted us. Or the fans wanted them, I should say. We wanted them. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, if you
0: aren't intrigued by watching this episode, then I don't know. Wow. It's, like, the best. I mean, it's my favorite season finale. Hands down.
1: I'd say so too, but I'm really excited to talk about the whole Peyton versus Brooke then now as we get deeper into that, because I imagine now that I'm in my late 20s, I'm going to think a little bit differently about it. That's
0: the third time you said that this episode.
1: I know, and I'm just going to keep leading into it. Keep saying that I'm in my late 20s, because, and, and you know, like, eight years later when we're done with this podcast, it'll be like, why is Jeremy still in their late 20s? <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> We're just going to lead into it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about the Peyton and Brooke stuff with fresh eyes. And obviously, as we get into season four, like that's a big, big thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to rewatch that and analyze it. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff that just doesn't work. It absolutely it, not. You no, know, it makes me sad to even think we have to talk about it <laughs> actually. Like I'm interested to talk about it with you, but at the same
1: time it's like uh ugh, gives me the gross feeling like I didn't like it back then and I imagine now I'm going to like it even less. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, it's, but I feel like back then I was just like in the mindset, like, can we all just get along? But nowadays I'm just like, seriously, writers, why are you doing this to Brooke and Peyton? Now I'm like able to like put myself outside of that mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> it's just so like cringy and unrealistic and just downright mean. Like the way they treat each other, specifically Brooke to Peyton, like it's, it's unwarranted to be honest.
0: Yeah. And like the drama queens talk about in the podcast, like this is also a difficult time for them like as cast members because they felt like they were being pinned against each other and some of the feelings that they had to express on screen kind of not necessarily mirrored but like there was tension the tension that they had to portray on screen was kind of like the tension that they were might have been feeling on set so it's tough And then, one last thing I want to mention for spoilers, unless you have anything else to say about the finale.
1: No, go ahead.
0: So, this was Jake's last episode ever. And Jeremy and I had a discussion about whether this was a spoiler or not. (laughs) And I claimed it was because I don't know. It's kind of left like a little hopeful that, like, the line we discussed earlier about how when Jake closes a storybook, and what does he say? Um, at least I hope they do, meaning h- hoping that the couple has a happy ending.
1: Yeah. And whether he's talking about him and Peyton or if he's talking about Lucas and Peyton, like I know. wishing him well. It's I hard guess to know. Here. And
0: it, it to me, it feels a little hopeful that maybe like one day he'd be with Peyton again.
1: Yeah. I feel like even when I was watching this in real time, I was thinking to myself, like, Brian Greenberg is not coming back. Because this is around the time when he was, like, pursuing other things. This is when he was making movies and whatnot. But I guess for a first-time viewer who's binging this right now, they're not going to necessarily have that kind of knowledge. They're not going to, like, have any idea who Brian Greenberg is.
0: Yeah. And I feel like once we get into season four, it's going to be, like, apparent that, you know, this isn't a spoiler. Like, Jake's not coming back.
1: <laughs> but- <laughs> Yeah, who knows?
0: It is a little hopeful at the end, but I thought it was like a nice tribute to his character as he was reading the storybook to Jenny, and that's how the episode ends. That's the final scene, like he's looking at his daughter, and like there's a smile on his face, and it, it's like a peaceful moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, was it the final scene, or it was the Brooke and Peyton thing? But like, it was right. The Brooke and Peyton. It was, was literally the final scene. right it's before like the that, so you know what I mean. Like, it was this final image of Jake and uh, how we know him.
1: Yeah. Oh, counterpoint that I just thought of. It doesn't say the princess and the prince. It's the princess and the boy. What if the princess is Jenny and the boy is Jake here? What if it's, like, a father-daughter thing? And they live happily ever after. Hmm, Maybe. What if that's another way to interpret it? I'm gonna go with that, actually. I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. Like, And that's why I think it is a peaceful scene. That's true. It could mean that, like, they live... As, you know, father and daughter, they live happily ever after.
1: So it's like, at close of the storybook on there. Yeah, their narrative. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, maybe that's really what it means. I like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, and speaking of storybooks, uh, Lucas decides to go to college to study literature, and later on, he becomes a big-time author. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is the first, like, little seed that's planted that that's what he's going to be doing. As an adult.
1: Because even Karen says, my son, the next great American author. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that, Ma. <laughs>
0: and then in season four, he he writes writes a book.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so- somehow, he just finds time to write that book. Like, I- I've always wondered about The Unkindness Ravens. Is it a novel? Is it a memoir? It seems more like a novel. <laughs> but I guess memoirs can be written like novels, could they? Well, I think, I, I don't really know. It
0: seems more like a memoir to me. That... Was basically retelling his whole his life, wasn't it? Like oh, oh, it is. But I'm I'm talking about like in the show or in this book, so it felt like I don't know. I don't. I feel like they call it a novel, but yeah, it sounds like a memoir to me.
1: Yeah, but it is kind of weird how like you know he. I mean, it's heavily implied that he writes about the events like Nathan and Haley's, like, life, but it's not from his perspective, it's from Nathan and Haley's perspective. So it is kind of, like, a strange thing to call it, like, a memoir, because the memoir should be entirely from his POV, right?
0: It's from Haley and Nathan's perspective?
1: I, that's what I gather, just because the fact, like, they're making the movie and whatnot, and then, you know, they show, like, scenes between Nathan and Haley, like, you know filming the movie and whatnot mm, i don't know not nathan Haley, but the actor like there's an actor's audition to play nathan yeah, and Haley. i don't know
0: i thought it was all from <laughs> lucas's perspective
1: i mean at least the movie could change things for yeah. all we know but you know for all we know like maybe in the novel like lucas is like oh Haley told me about this thing that happened sweetheart nathan he's writing about it from like how he perceived yeah, yeah. it but okay yeah i guess there's ways to change it anyway those are just you know that's a semantics thing, but anywho, yeah, we're um we're at the end of season three, and the show must go on. If you know what I mean, the show must go on is the title of season three, episode twenty two, which we will be discussing next time in your beautiful ears.
0: And taken from our OTH DVD box sets, the description reads: Nathan and Haley's wedding is a time of great joy and great sadness. Peyton and Brooke fall out. Dan learns the truth about the fire, and Rachel gets publicly drunk and publicly bitter. We'll be seeing ya. We'll be seeing ya.
1: Did it? Wait, you you suck up on me. <laughs> <laughs>